fine. Welcome to the Wildly Terrible Podcast. <laughs> Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. <laughs> We're just talking about how like nothing new is happening in our lives right now. Like the new things that are going on for us are like Esther has a new chair and has picked back up on her yoga practice and I'm doing step aerobics in honor of, I don't know, it being fun and reminding me yeah. of childhood. <laughs> but like we've been busy yeah we've been busy i mean the world is slowing down but yeah. we've also been busy in other ways i think so. that maybe that's why we feel so frantic is that the world is slowing down because the seasons are changing for both of us right. our southern hemisphere friends are like nope it's spring here but <laughs> yeah. everything feels like it's slowing down and also we're busy and so we are feeling even more exhausted than normal and plus there's like an election going on and a pandemic and right just a lot a number of other things like work the, oh, yeah. the hassle our of work, jobs. our actual jobs, but we're just so excited to see each other. Yeah. I'm happy to see your face. But there's no banter so. today. We're just skipping right there through is no it banter. because we have an exciting, exciting announcement that we're saving until halfway through. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you will find <laughs> out. And we're so freaking excited. In like 27 minutes, you'll yeah. find out. <laughs> Esther, our our constant editor, has an idea that that's typically how the time that's works That's pretty out. typically. Yeah. Somewhere 27 around 27 minutes. and a half minutes. My mom used to, she probably still does this, have the skill, but she doesn't pick me up from places anymore. My mom uh -huh. can like estimate time very, very well. So she'll like, uh -huh. when I was a little kid and I'd be like, Hey, I'm not feeling well. Will you come pick me up from school? She'd be like, sure. I'll be there in 13 minutes. And she's always right. She just has like this incredible. <laughs> she's just waiting outside the school until minute 12. And she's like 13. Oh, okay, maybe, can go. maybe. <laughs> That's hilarious. I just thought she was super good at guessing, but I like the idea that she overestimates slightly so she can always be correct. Just be correctly on time. Yes. God, that is very me. So maybe that explains I love some it. stuff. <laughs> but yeah, time oh. estimations. That's where time we're estimation. at. We'll see how close Esther gets in the editing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It is kind of like the editor's worst nightmare to have people reference specific amounts of time. Time specific, yes. Because um, Melody always is like, Aaron, don't say any time. Yeah, stop Because I'm the one who edits it. There's no way to know if that's actually what it's going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we ready for card of the day? Yeah, let's do it. I want to get to our announcements. Yay! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Our card of the day is Judgment from Morgan Greer. Exciting. Ooh, look at that. Our calling, and we're rising up to the occasion, Holly. Yes. Da, 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 we are. Ooh. <laughs> There's just like a clench in the stomach. There's like a little happening. bit of like throw up coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like really struggling. There's that little bit of like, Ugh. okay. <laughs> just a deep. You got this. Earth wrenching sigh. 24 minutes and 30 seconds to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will. No, no, no. Let's restart. Let's take a minute to just recognize that we're going to give our all to our questions, even though yes, oh, we're yes. excited. This is for me, not for you. You're very, very oh, okay, good okay. at this. I'm <laughs> just a excited disaster. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> we like excited here. Excited is good. Our first question of the episode is from Dunno, and she asks, so I've read cards ever since I was a teenager and tarots and it's passion for the last 10 years. I'm 30. Blah, blah, blah. I, that made me laugh so hard. The, the <laughs> so way cute. that the way that Dano wrote it is 30 and then just like a blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, just a like, mix of blah, letters, blah, blah, just blah, blah, a hand blah, blah, blah. smash yes. to the keyboard. I love it. I love it. <laughs> right now I have an idea for a tarot deck, something I haven't seen anywhere else and I believe it's something that will include a special or specific kind of tarot reader among its possible users. The thing is, I don't have a clue where to start. So far I've drawn some of them but that's it. I don't have knowledge on any designing tools or technology. I just use my hands and my colors. Since you have created and manifested one yourselves, I was wondering what's next. I love how many different decks you review on your podcast. They are all so unique. You always talk about the finished and completed product 
Of course, but what's the actual process? Would you be able to guide me in my next step? Do I need to contact a publisher or publishing house? I feel like I'm very much in my own head and into the future with this and can't get to organize a plan for it because I lack knowledge, I guess. Well, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And yes. we're happy to talk about it. <laughs> we have we have lots and lots of opinions. Yeah, exactly. So I there are ways to publish or to contact a publisher. Um, each publishing website has their own strategy for it. But no matter what, the artwork really should be done. No one's going to be interested really in publishing a deck that has incomplete art artwork. It seems based on... Because right. we did like for a minute, we looked at... Uh, pitching the Wildly Tarot deck to a publisher like, you know, six months ago at this point. Yeah. It was before the pandemic, so maybe even like <laughs> 10 months ago. 10 months ago, yeah. And they it really does seem like it's something where it's like this is kind of, especially if you're approaching them, they want you, they want to know like, you know, who you think the market is going to be for and what mm -hmm. the deck concept is and here's what the art looks like and all of that before you can even really pitch it. Yeah, it's sort of like an application, like a job application for, but for your tarot. Deck. Yeah, exactly. So that is one way to do it. But I think that that's like increasingly less common. I know that like, yeah, we, tr we as a podcast try to do a lot of published decks from publishers because we want them to be more accessible to people. And so we try to not do only mass market decks because those go in and out of stock and they're just a little bit more, wait, did I say not only mass market? You said market. mass market. Yeah, okay. We, we only. try to do not, we try to not do all indie because those go in and out of stock and it's a lot of pressure on the creator. If they like decide they don't want to do a deck anymore, then yeah. they're like kind of guilted into it forever. Um, and right. mass market doesn't have that same issue because the creator doesn't own the rights for it anymore. And that's something that you'll also want to sort of be aware of is that if you sell your deck to a publisher, it's not really yours anymore. They can kind of do whatever they want with it for the most part. Mm -hmm. There may be some con like contractual things that mean that you like do have the ability to reclaim it or whatever, but that's really, really not very common in the tarot right. card publishing world. So yeah. you would have to be pretty comfortable with sort of like releasing your baby into the world <laughs> yeah like and usually when you sign your contract it means like you don't even have control over what we, we just, we've discussed before like things like cardstock or boxes or even sometimes just the way that it's presented yeah to the totally world. and like advertise and marketing you don't have that control anymore if you decide to sign your deck to a publisher's right house. exactly so increasingly you'll see people do self-publishing, which is getting easier and easier. So that's kind of the yeah. nice thing is that it's pretty easy. We do our own, obviously self-publishing. If you have gone to wildly tarot deck, it literally goes from like my den to the mail to your house. Um, <laughs> we order it from the website, make playing cards, which is a pretty popular printer. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of printers in the world that you, if like doing local printing is important to you, you can find ways to do that. Um, mm -hmm. make playing cards is awesome though. They are super, super user friendly. So if you're somebody yeah. who's like new to it, um, Esther's created like, or Esther's created how many, like five variations of decks yeah. through yeah. make playing cards. The other cool thing about make playing cards is that they do have a storefront. So if you don't want to be the person who's in charge of shipping all of your own decks, you can also just put it up in their storefront and um, have people buy it through them. So it kind of takes right. out the complications of like starting your own store and driving right. business there and all of that stuff. What's the name of the card deck creator who has like dozens and dozens Oh, OTM Academy. Yeah. OTM underscore Academy. I think OTM stands for of the moon. Like OTM Academy has dozens of decks. We reviewed the monster Lenormand. Um, and the creator of that has a bunch of decks on make playing cards. So that can kind of like cut back on how much you have to be able to cop up front because that's where right. self-publishing gets so expensive is that it's costs a lot of money to get, Mm -hmm. decks printed and sent to you right right that's why some kickstarters most of them i see their goals are around fifteen thousand to twenty thousand dollars is because that's usually the bare minimum to get just you know a couple hundred decks yeah in stock 
And so that's typically why the goal is there is because they need a minimum to buy. Yeah. And that's to make in, it that to get mass printed. They exactly. Need to make that much. And you can on make playing cards, which is one of the reasons why we use it is that the minimum number of cards that you can get printed printed is like one. So some printing companies will have literally we will only even give you an estimate if you're ordering 1500 decks or more and make playing cards right. is way more accessible because you can order like 10 car 10 decks at a time. It's more expensive to do it that way. And we right. tend to do 50 decks at a time for our purposes or 20 decks at a time for our purposes. But mm -hmm. like one of the things about the way that we do it is that this is all of our decks are priced really low, like just barely above cost because we just want it to be like, basically podcast merch <laughs> mm -hmm. and we're not really trying to make money from it. Right. But that's like part of the thing is that we're selling our deck, our tarot deck for $25, but we're paying just not that much less per deck. So a lot of people who are trying to make a profit, which I think is absolutely something that artists should be doing. Um, mm -hmm. They would have to price it at like 50 just to kind of make the, math all work to make it appropriate. Right. But so that's something to think about from the actual like publishing perspective. But the for either way, I think that it's really easy to get excited about the idea of having your work out into the world. But it, the main component of that is completing the work. So right before you start trying to consider which printing companies you want to use and if you're making the right choices with those, really, really focus on a timeline for yourself about when your art will be completed. Yeah. And kind of speaking to the creative process itself, I know it seems to me like you're hand doing, hand drawing a lot of these things. Yeah. It may be, it may be good for you if you switch to a more technological, because when printers ask for colors or when scanning happens, like specific colors and like, um, like I think it's R Y M K yeah. you know, like color scheme versus RGB color schemes. Like our that, friend Kimberly like the technical, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our friend Kimberly who made the Panda Tarot, uh, has a blog post, I think about that or no, a YouTube video yeah. about this because different, um, I guess like artistic, backgrounds use different uh -huh. color schemes and like a technical side of things, which right. I have like no clue about, but <laughs> they need it to be formatted in like a certain way. And if you're using an electronic version, you can adjust that much more easily than if you're scanning mm -hmm. things and having to make right. sure that your scans are being saved in that framework. Right. So I think it'd be helpful if you decide if you're going to continue to go forward in a manual sort of format, like hand drawing on paper and then scanning, or if to get an app like, um, like Procreate on your iPad, where it's very easy to sketch things in Procreate. Our friend Logan's currently making his Possum Lenormand, his yeah. Precious Possum Lenormand in Procreate, and he has some videos on his Instagram on how that process works within the iPad app itself. So you can kind of see the sketch as it's being drawn and things like that. So to me, that would be a safer route to go yeah. as far as like making like, because it's easier to submit things if they're already in JPG form, they're already, it's already going to be colored. Yeah. It's easier to switch things out or erase things or things, you know, stuff like that. The creative process seems to be much easier in technology than it would be like pad and paper. Yeah, totally. Stuff, my mind. And also I think since self-publishing is becoming more and more of a thing, you can find a lot of resources about how to do these things um, oh, yeah. from people who've like created decks. Like our deck is text on a background. So that's going to be a yeah. really different experience than like hand drawn art. Um, yeah. But our friend Kimberly is Fables Den. And so she would be a good person to follow on Instagram and to find on YouTube for She's like very forthcoming about what she yes. the like trials and tribulations and do's and don'ts of decoration because now she's had two super wildly successful Kickstarters between mm -hmm. the spread machine deck, which I cannot wait to get, and the Panda mm -hmm. Tarot. So she's like very, very forthcoming and super helpful about kind of what her experience was like. And then Logan, who's creating the Precious Possums deck and posts his Procreate videos, is Cards Made Mirror. And we've talked about Logan a lot. So yeah, find him, too, for that. And there will be linked in the show notes. But yeah, I think that the more that people do self-published decks, the more that people kind of like 
share what they're doing. It's so weird. Like, yeah, we've talked about this interpersonally before a lot, but there's this kind of weird thing in the tarot community where no one wants to share which publisher they're going through. I know it's really strange and like weirdly secretive and people get very judgmental and it's... and super gatekeepy and yeah. So there, there are publishers that have like, you know, rose petal finish and all of these bells and whistles. But if you're a first time deck creator, you mm-hmm. may not have access to that just purely based on the number of decks you can afford to buy initially. Like yeah. a lot of the yeah. the, uh, the printers that do all of the bells and whistles need minimums that if you're just like a little podcast trying to create their own small right. fun deck, we just like couldn't make that happen. Yeah. I think when we looked at doing a mass printing, the minimum was 500 decks you had to purchase. Yeah. So that's why we went with make playing cards because we could control the flow of decks coming in without having to raise a, like a huge amount of money. Yeah. And I will say if you do decide to go the self-publishing route, Benabel Wynn has like a $45 course on her website on the self-publishing route. And it's like spreadsheets and all the details yeah, you oh, need. Yeah, oh, that's, that's true. Super helpful. Like every, like super helpful information, like, you know, like statistics, like a third of your decks that people purchase typically are international people. So oh my gosh. that for shipping cost. The freaking shipping like, cost thing, it's <laughs> it stinks because it's like, I like you live in Korea. You totally understand. Right. And we're super, oh, yeah. super like aware of shipping costs internationally, I completely underestimated like oh. uh, for our deck, we charge like $20 or 25 for international shipping. I can't even remember. And yeah. almost every single international package we send, we're like paying $8 out of pocket for, which is yes. fine. Like that aligns with our vision values. and our goals yeah. and values. So it doesn't yeah. bug us. But again, we're not really a business. We're a podcast that has a tarot deck. Like we're not trying exactly. to make this our living. So we can <laughs> right. do that. But yeah, the shipping cost thing is so hard because it also fluctuates so much. And weirdly, so much. it seems like some people super blame the creators for international yeah, shipping. Yeah, I know. Being so <laughs> I know. Like there are some companies that give better shipping rates than others. Yeah, true. So you definitely want to research that sort of thing. But, you know, but for the most part, like it's better to have more information going into it than like, on the other side being like, no one told me about this. Why didn't no one tell yeah. me? So definitely like join our Facebook group and get conversations going too, because there are deck creators in there yeah, that totally. can help and give you wisdom. And we are totally like available to of course, like keep talk to keep talking. Yeah, about this, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I just did the math. If you get, if you need to have a minimum order of 500, uh-huh. uh, even if they're $16 a deck to print, which would be a pretty good deal. Yeah, pretty good deal. Yeah. That's eight grand out of pocket uh-huh. to start if you want all those yeah. bells and whistles. And the other, the weird thing is that boxes are way more expensive oh, than you think. Oh, boxes are so expensive. There's like a third of the cost. Yeah, of the deck. totally. Legit. So that's also something to consider. Everything that you're adding when you're creating a deck is going to cost you like minimum two, three dollars a deck. So it's always oh, going to yeah. be kind of like exponential. So if you got a, de- a book and a deck for $16, which would be a super, super good deal a piece and had to buy 500 to for the print order to make its minimum, that's eight grand right off the bat. So mm-hmm. that is why people do Kickstarters. I almost said GoFundMe's yeah. and I was like, that's the wrong <laughs> platform or pre-orders or whatever, because a lot of the times right. you don't want to be putting eight grand on a credit card for a deck that you just don't really know how many people are going to buy. Right. It's so much pressure on yourself when it was supposed to just be like a fun project. Mm-hmm. Anyway, exactly. apparently we have a lot of feelings about this. So I'm glad so that somebody finally asked. We got to talk <laughs> all about it. Yay. It's so exciting. <laughs> but yeah, Dano uh, or Dano, you should, uh, we'll follow you on Instagram and we want to watch your progress. If you're comfortable. I know. I'm excited it. about this deck. I mean, it's very mysterious, but I know. I look forward I to super... it. Super <laughs> I like All right. Our second question is from Patrick. We got to stay on that 27 minute time frame, right? We do. We're doing good so far. That was like 1308. <laughs> so many timestamps. Uh, our second question is from Patrick and Patrick, we answered a question for earlier this year. I didn't go back to look for where it was, but I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was like January, December. It was definitely pre-pandemic in the before times. So Patrick says, greetings. And his question, I think, at that point was about moving to Florida. 
Right. Um, and now he's so. in Florida. So greetings from Florida. Hello, Holly and Esther. I've made it to the Sunshine State following the reading you gave me earlier this year. My original plans have been slightly altered due to COVID and the company I've wanted to work for. I, in the meantime, I'm applying for jobs like Mad, a lot of places, but also getting a lot of we're going with another candidate responses. My question is, I've had many ideas on jobs and career paths and have trouble deciding what steps to take. I've been looking at getting back into performing and doing tarot readings as my drag persona. I'm curious what the cards say about going back into performance. And then he also thanks us for the summer school lessons uh, and he's getting back into Lenormand, which Yay. I love. Okay, I have to immediately say up front my bias. Esther wants I, you to do drag tarot readings. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> Sugar Cane. Sugar Cane is a drag queen that was like from season 11 of Drag Race. And she did two videos of drag, like her persona in drag. And that was it. And I'm just like, more. We need more of I this need content. More. I was so excited. So I'm just going to say ahead of time, if my excitement comes through the cards and we get all good cards on my end and all really bad cards on Holly's end, <laughs> we're going to go with Holly's. We're going to defer to her because she's not emotionally compromised. So <laughs> <laughs> just getting that out of the way to begin with. Because uh, I love I'm it. like super excited. Yeah, because Esther's <laughs> too gung ho and she's never going to be able to tell you to not go into Exactly. I'm like, do it, Patrick. Do it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I think that probably just maybe like what the vibe about getting back into performing is and then going from yes. there. Yeah. All right, Patrick. What's your general vibe? Okay. So you're still using Morgan Greer, right? Yes. And I have not changed or Morgan. Or I said Oregon Greer. Or Ew. That is the spooky Halloween, like zombie version, Oregon Greer. When does Oregon Greer go into public domain so that someone can create that? That's so true. It needs to be like a zombie. Seriously, would it take much to like zombify this up? No, get some gore in there. Yeah. Okay. Some viscera. So, general feelings of Patrick getting back into performing. Yeah. That would, we're kind of, okay. And Esther, remember that this is if pa if it's I'm good trying. for Patrick. I'm having <laughs> I'm having to regulate my breathing, you guys. Like, <laughs> like I'm having to be like, breathe, Esther. <sighs> In and out. Okay. Ah. Ooh, Jesus Christ! I'm flinging stuff all over the place. Maybe I also need to regulate my breathing. I think it's a great. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was watching. It was like, okay, don't say anything until she's done yawning. And I was like, Esther's not saying anything. I should start talking, even though I'm mid-yawn. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I got the Page of Wands and the Nine of Coins. Okay, and I got the Nine of Wands and the Wheel of Fortune. Look at you, Nine of Wands. I, I think maybe Look you might have psyched yourself out too much. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Too much. I mean, it, it, so I think that, but the nine of wands with the page of wands is just like, yeah. it's, it would be starting a new thing that could be kind of exhausting. But I yeah. do think that, what was the other card you got? The wheel of fortune? Wheel of fortune. Yeah. I do feel like the wheel of fortune with the nine of, of pentacles is kind of like saying like, if you ride it out, if you ride out, I mean, it's stressful thinking about performing right now because i mean in florida people are acting like nothing's going on at all so you probably could right. do live performances but also there's a lot of unknowns because like you know we're still trying to be careful and yeah like not like live performances is a risky thing to be doing mm -hmm. um but i think that kind of like riding it out and recognizing places that you do have control and don't control don't have control and put in the effort it might be exhausting mm -hmm. initially because it's kind of like that page energy. It's like new. You're sort of starting out and it could be right. a little bit like your resiliency will need to be tapped into. But I think that ultimately the nine of coins is like saying that it will pay off. Like it will be right. something that's valuable. Um, it's just going to have to be something that you're comfortable with being a little bit like, you know, like a newborn cow about at the beginning, like long legs, sort of like <laughs> not really able to figure out exactly what your next steps are because there is so much uncertainty. And I think that uncertainty is also like shown through the wheel of fortune because the wheel of fortune has that for both of us of this uh -huh. like component of like not being in control about which direction you're going in. you just have to sort of like, hold on. I just realized the universe gave me a great drag joke 
with the nine of pentacles because the nine of pentacles always says to me this is a drag race joke so everyone who's not listening drag race mute this for like five seconds but the (laughs) nine of pentacles is always this moment where it's like opulence you own everything yeah like that's like like that's you're in your element doing this yeah totally and it's going to take some like perseverance is going to take some working through some stuff and adjustments but you're going to get that moment of you being in your element and you really enjoying yourself doing this and I think it'll, like Holly said, pay off yeah. for you. And I end. like the nine of pentacles in there instead of like the 10 or whatever, because the nine is so much about sort of like personal accomplishment rather yes. than it being sort of like just about like your community and those around you. It's just like you have accomplished so much. So I really like that as sort of one of the cards that pops up for this. Yeah, drag. me too. Drag tarot readings. The other thing is that the performance thing could be something that you do wait for the cycle to be completed, like wait for the Wheel of Fortune cycle to be completed. But in the meantime, doing readings on YouTube or whatever, TikTok, whatever you want to do, although TikTok would be so fast. But who knows? There could be a lot of like really positive part of the day sort of through that thing. Yeah. Utilizing new media. That's what we call those are the buzzwords, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you could even just start on Instagram creating this persona, and then when everything is better, you can debut it in person at yeah, events and things like that. Totally. So kind of starting to manifest that now will pay off in the end. Yeah, start working on it now. Okay, so do we want to take a second to do, like, next steps? Maybe, yeah. like, in the next three months, in the next six months? Sure. Now I have the hiccups. What is going on with me? <laughs> You're just so excited. I know. We're getting closer to that 27 You're minute getting closer. <laughs> oh, well, okay. All my cards are falling now. Okay, <laughs> okay so for next... Interesting. So for the next three months, the next step is judgment. And I got the Empress. Oh. Judgment and the Empress is kind of cool because it sort of does feel like you're like kind of reacting to a larger calling of like doing creative things specifically, like letting out that sort of like, like, you know, creation and I don't know vibrant femininity almost like normally I don't like to ascribe a lot of gender stuff to the empress but I think in like a performative sort of drag way we can put that there (laughs) okay yeah right am I wrong I I don't know no Latrice Royale is always the best empress in my opinion so for me that the fact that Latrice showed up in our reading is like gold so I don't know what that means yeah it's fine it's fine (laughs) Okay, and what did you get for six months out? Strength. Okay, because I got the Three of Swords clarified by the Four of Swords. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's the issue, is that initially there's going to be this, like, big old rush of success and, like, capability, and then in six months, that's where the resiliency of the Nine of Wands comes into play, too. Yeah. Like, there will be sort of, like, more of a... You'll feel like you're sort of hitting a wall, and so figuring out a way to sort of power through that acknowledge where there is pain acknowledge where you need rest and acknowledge where you have the resiliency to keep going that's kind of where like the strength comes in is that it is strong to acknowledge areas where you're struggling and so maybe in the immediate future it'll all go super well and then like in the slightly longer future you might reach some bumpiness that means that you have to like really hunker down Right. Yeah. It's for me, it's, it just screams burnout, you know, yeah. like there's just going to be that six month wall of burnout and you'll just need to figure out ways to address that. Yeah. And I think so. that that happens a lot with something like create that's creative this way, because there's mm-hmm. a certain point where you're putting in so much time and energy and money of your own and not seeing a lot of like financial benefit. And that at six months, it's the same reason why like Esther has that statistic about only like a certain number of podcasts getting beyond 20 episodes. If you think about that, 20 episodes is like six months of work. And for people who are trying to like get into podcasting just for fun or whatever, there is sort of this element of like at six months of any creative pursuit, you want to see something happening. Exactly. And so there's always this watershed moment of like, is it worth, is this worth it? Is this continuing to be worthwhile? 
Um, and I feel like that's kind of where you'll be with like the immediate future being so exciting. And then the intermediate future being a little bit mm-hmm. more like, okay, so what now? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. Right. And especially I think like the combination of the nine of sword or the nine of wands coming out earlier and then having the three and four of swords mm-hmm. and strength. It's like all of these things are like, being able to see what's exhausting and what you just need to sleep on almost like, it's not yeah. about like giving up. It's about like assessment exactly. and then putting effort towards the things that you can. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Cool. I love it. I love so it much. too. Okay. Yay. So Patreon shout out time. And then we get to make our announcement. Yay. Patreon shout out. And by the time you're listening to this patrons, you will have already heard our announcement because we're going to record a little small thing that Esther is going to upload. And I okay. just am springing this on her now. <laughs> so would it be fun like, to announce it to the Patreon supporters first? I think so. Yeah. I, I, we wanted to tell everyone for months. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) we're going to do a Patreon shout out for our newest Patreon supporter, Liz. We're so grateful for your support. It means so much to us. And if you you. want any announcements we can share early. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's mostly not what Patreon is about. It's mostly helping and supporting us and bonus content. Yes. But Liz, you got the 10 of coins. That's delightful. That is amazing. I like that. How wonderful, Liz. Esther. Holly, oh my God. Ah, Oh my God. I can't even like get my brain to like settle down enough to formulate sentences about this. Are we going to announce it? Are we going to announce it now? We finally got the go ahead. I know we did get the go ahead and finally announce it. Oh my God. Go for it. I'm going to let you do it because oh, I'm going to mess it up. You want me to do it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dear listeners, <laughs> far and wide, Holly and I are writing a book. Yes. About the art history of tarot. <laughs> yes. And it's going to be published by Quarto Publishing next September. Yes. In 2021. Oh, my God. We're writing a book. (laughs) We are writing a book. So this has both felt like the longest and fastest (laughs) process of anything we've ever done. Yes. It's been, what, since August-ish? Yeah, beginning of August is when we started. Which is only two and a half months. That can't be right. I (laughs) know. It it, it is where, yeah, it was beginning of August because I think it was around my birthday when we started having, like, serious talks about this so yeah and that kind of explains our absence in many different we've ways. been <laughs> really it turns out that writing a book is like a very emotional experience uh <laughs> i wasn't personally expecting that so yeah. it's kind of crazy but yeah we are writing a freaking book yeah and it's super exciting because we're very passionate about oh terror, my god we know, have an entire podcast so many, <laughs> so many feelings. feelings so many feelings <laughs> And so it's also feelings. super exciting because we're we're not going to obviously give everything away, but since it's about uh, the art history of tarot, we get to talk about like old decks like Visconti, yes. Solabusca, all of this stuff from the sort of like Renaissance and late Renaissance. But then we also get to walk through all of the 20th century, like post Rider Waite Smith. We've right. selected a bunch of iconic decks from the 20th century that sort of exemplify moments in art history and moments in tarot history. And then we get to do this whole big long chapter about sort of the modern explosion of tarot decks. And a lot of our friends, a lot of decks that we've reviewed on the podcast are going to be included in that because they exemplify some component of like modern tarot deck creation. And we're so freaking excited to get to talk about this and like do this, but like it is, so awesome. It's so great. Yes, it's going to be so good. And for me, I'm most Kamja. I'm talking. Thank you. <laughs> the dog is like, but maybe you want to hear maybe. me? Um, I'm really excited about, because we're focusing on the artwork, we get to talk about, especially a lot of the women who are behind the yes. artwork, where they're not really celebrated as much as they should be. We and still so that's haven't I'm really let excited. Esther off her leash to talk about Aleister Crowley. And... Not yet. <laughs> But not she, quite yet. But that is the cool thing is that since we're talking yeah. about the art history, we get to talk so much about cultural context and the women who created some of those like early 20th century decks that we all know so well. Yeah. 
we just get to talk about such cool stuff and it's going to be so neat. And we're like the beginning chapters are the chapters where we second guess every decision we've ever made about life. Um, <laughs> just because we're new to this and we've never written a book. Our medium is audio. Like we talk and right. talk and talk. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Come to have she's excited. Yeah. She's like, mom's <laughs> energy is all over the place. I better get all riled. Like, Hey, but yeah, so we so appreciate uh, people being so nice about how like kind of absent we've been in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. But yes. we're just like so, so, so excited to share this with the world. Our deadline for it, we're like in the midst of the yes. actual writing process. So it just all feels like so, so, so real and exciting. And uh, Haley, if you're listening, we love you and appreciate you. Beth, if you're listening, we love you and appreciate you. <laughs> And it's also cool because we aren't, we've always said that we're not like tarot teachers. Like we're not trying to teach people how to read tarot. We're trying to make people feel comfortable with tarot. And I think part of that is demystifying the history of the art of tarot. And if we did a book that was about how to read tarot, we have reviewed so many of those. We kind of like, you know, we know that there are really good options available, but there isn't anything like this that's ever been published. Exactly. Exactly. Not so, to this extent, not to this, like, you know, mo- modernity. Deep diving. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so we're super... We have gone into the sewers of tarot history, <laughs> art history. Well, and also, like, wildly, and this is something that we really only learned when we started the actual writing process for these early chapters. There has been a ton of research about early tarot art uh, that's been done, but a lot of it is no longer in print. So if you want to read... Yeah the books about it, like the Stuart Kaplan books about it or whatever, you have to spend Mm -hmm. like $100. Like there's the Tarot or Encyclopedia of Tarot, which is a Stuart Kaplan book. It was a hugely important work. It's a set of Mm -hmm. four, maybe three. Yeah, three or four. Three or four, Three or four books. And it's out of print. So if you go to buy it now, every single book in that anthology Uh is over $100. And that makes the Mm -hmm. art history of Tarot so inaccessible. Oh, easily, yeah. And it's just like, so that's kind of frustrating for us because we do know that so many people have come to tarot in the last five years, like ourselves included largely. And the fact that tarot art history is so inaccessible is what makes us so excited about this is that Mm -hmm. we're really excited to sort of be this like, you know, modern face sort of like, yeah, a take on the art history of tarot that includes all of the amazing art of the last 10 years And Mm -hmm. we're just so proud that we get to be a part of this community. And we're so excited for this book to be out in the world. Yes, 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 yes. So thank you all for your love and support. Yeah. uh, Because we're kind of writing it for you all because of questions that you've asked us. And we want to make sure that we do the art justice and we do the history justice. Yeah. So it's not available for pre-orders probably until January. But start thinking about it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And start sending us good productive vibes so we can meet these deadlines. Exactly. Please, please, please. <laughs> and that's our announcement. <sighs> we did it, Holly. Oh, we can. I can, can breathe. breathe yeah, seriously. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Oh, no, me too. <laughs> now we can focus on the deck review. Focus even more. <laughs> All right. So this week we are talking about the Gorgons Tarot by Dolores Fitchie. Uh, it was published by Schiffer in 2014. And they say a round, mostly black and white deck with two lurking splashes of color. The Gorgon's Tarot is an innovative and inspired way to read the tarot. With Dolores Finchie's discreet tongue-in-cheek humor, it's also engaging and fun to read. The traditional 78-card deck is complemented by the additional major arcana card, the Blind Gorgon. This card can be used as a reading as a wild card, um, or as what some tarot authors call the significator, or as a general atmosphere setting concept. Unabashedly feminine and a restrained payon of praise to the animal kingdom, it features a largely female cast, lots of animal companions, commentators, bodyguards, and familiars, and a mixed bag of traditional and not-so-traditional imagery with traces of unorthodoxy here and there. It is suitable for both beginners and experienced readers and ideal for those who enjoy images with more than one meaning who can make up their own stories simply by looking at the images. All you need is an uninhibited imagination. Okay, so right off the bat, this deck is 
freaking huge and we have the mini version so <laughs> the mini version is still big the mini version <laughs> is still quite big so it is i would say it is available elsewhere but i would say getting it through Schiffer's website is probably your best bet because then it's more clear whether you're buying the mini version or the yes. regular version the regular version is like record size yeah literally because the mini version is like a cd like yes. it is exactly the same size as a cd that we used to play as kids now yeah. youths are like oh i remember cds i used to have to use it to install the sims right yeah but if you <laughs> remember listening to music on cds the mini version is exactly that size and they call it on the website something like uh, small um, collector's edition or something like that with book. So it's like collector's edition pack with book or something like that. Um, the yeah. large one is comically large. We asked, we, we both only own the small version, but we asked our friend Rachel, Tarot Tidbit 78, to compare it with the standard size because she has both. Of course she does. Um, and the standard size is somehow like two inches bigger than this it's one. giant. I don't, what? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even really know how you'd use it because you're. I, it, it's hard to imagine being able to shuffle a round deck that is the size of a dinner plate. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think like even just like passing a card out like you fling it the wrong way as a frisbee <laughs> you could really like, do some damage <laughs> so the mini the mini version isn't it's big but it's not like unhinged the large version is unhinged is a bit hinged <laughs> the mini version is uh the is actually smaller than the wild unknown archetypes round deck for those yes. of you who have that deck so that gives you some frame of reference but it is comically large. Comically large. And so the texture is very shiny and smooth. So that makes it easier to shuffle. But again, the size thing is kind of the main component that you'd sort of be aware of. Uh, right. The only two cards that have color are that silent Gorgon and the death card. Um, devil card. Oh, sorry. The devil card. You're right. So everything else is literally black and white. And the use mm -hmm. of patterns in this is what makes it like truly truly beautiful yeah so instead of it being like shades of gray like black and white and gray it's truly just black and white and the use of like subtle patterns to create shading and movement mm -hmm. is just so freaking beautiful so a lot of my favorite cards yes. really come down to that okay because it's just okay. like so visually stunning it can look a little bit busy uh, yes. if you're more used to like simple line drawings or you're not into a ton of pattern play, like Esther you're calling me out, <laughs> this is like a call out right now, <laughs> but yeah, some, some are visually very busy yeah. and that can be confusing, like for where to focus, but it's not ugly. It's not improperly done. It's just the amount of patterns on a card. So that's just, it's an Esther thing. It's an Esther thing. When we get to our favorite cards, I'll show you the one where I was like, this is so many freaking patterns. I just can't even get over it. I think I legit picked all simple cards. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Without even like intentionally thinking about it. So, so as far as like cultural components, um, there it's almost all women or femme presenting people. Yes. Um, yes. there are very few explicitly male figures. I think maybe just mm -hmm. the emperor and a couple of the Kings. Yeah. Some of the humanoids are like mermaids, uh, or have mm -hmm. mermaid tails or fish fins. Um, but many of them are just ladies in dresses basically. Yeah. I would say it isn't like very diverse, but also a lot of the human figures don't have like recognizable white features either. It's just sort of like humanoid yeah. sort of types of features. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of them are abstract enough that they don't really look like any people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, here's a mouth and eyes and a nose. But yeah, I would say that it's the diversity mostly comes from the fact that it's primarily women and also there is some size diversity throughout as well. Not anything to, to like write home about, but right. Yeah. Round cards. Just, I really, I want to love them and I always struggle with them. Yes. But I haven't found the round deck yet. That is like 
Love, 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 love. Yeah, totally. I really do like this one, but I think also the other thing with round decks is that you have to be really, really confident in whether or not you want to be reading reversals with it because things are going to come out every which way. So if you're trying to say like, well, this one's sideways and so therefore it indicates X, Y, or Z, that gets a little bit complicated. It's sort of, we talked about this a little bit with Dark Days Tarot and how there is like, uh, in the book for that deck, an indicator of whether something's facing right or left and what that means. This, mm-hmm. since we just only have the mini deck, I it might be mentioned in the book and we just don't know. But if you go into it thinking like, I want to try to read directionality into it also, it could be just a lot for yeah. you to sort of grasp. But I think generally somebody who's pretty new to tarot could probably use this just fine as long as they're comfortable with saying, I'm just not going to read reversals or whatever. Exactly. The definitions all, or the images all align fairly closely with RWS or at least our understanding of RWS meanings. So it isn't like confusing or like difficult to understand where things are coming from. Exactly. Yeah. And like it said, it's very easy to look at the picture and create a narrative from that or an intuitive story. Totally. Or something like that. So totally. So I want to hear about your favorite cards. Okay. I am going to start with the nine of swords. I think this pattern on the nine of swords where she's like surrounded by the nine swords and the yeah. flowers are in the middle. That's just so striking. Like when you see this card, it's like, <gasps> that's so beautiful. So it's, a person in the middle of a circle and then the swords are kind of like outlining the corners like a pizza pie almost. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pizza. <laughs> I'm hungry. I really want pizza. I only had shrimp salad for dinner and I'm really, really wanting Not going to cut it. Dang it. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that's why it kind of looks like those nine swords are sort of um, slicing, like pointing at the figure in the middle. So um, I do like that. Yeah, one. I think that it's, was, really it's really stunning. cool. I also like... Um, the hanged one. Yeah. Because I just like any sort of name change as well as like, she's like at the beach hanging from a palm tree in her bathing suit. And I just think that's like, what a place to be hanging upside down. I love the texture of the trees. Also, there's patterns in both tree Mm -hmm. trunks that make it seem like kind of aligned with the rest of the deck, but they're also just patterns that I really like. So I think, but you, the two so far are very Black background, simple. Told you, and we're coming. Okay, the high priestess. I think she's like just such a chill as fuck high priestess. Yeah. Like she's just like leaning there, not really concerned about anything. She knows herself. And the, the only cats pattern on her is lap. It, or rats. I don't know. Is it cats or rats? It kind of looks like big rats. Oh my God. Are they nutria? You might be right. Look at the ears. Yeah, I That's think the ears made me think that they were like rats or some sort of um, giant rodent. <laughs> yeah, giant rodent. <laughs> so, um, and like Holly mentioned, the only pattern is the like picnic blanket behind her that's kind of draped under the full moon. And I think the full moon is almost in all these cards, just an FYI, something I noticed. Yeah. I like their take on the six of cups because it's like creating a memory with like a friend. It's not yeah. about childhood. It's just like remembering those fun times you've had and remember to have fun and play and to enjoy yourself. Yeah, really, that is really super nice. Enjoy that. Um, I did like the blind Gorgon because that was really cool and they have a bunch of familiars around them and the red in the full moon is just really, really cool. And so, yeah, like we mentioned that accent. it was just in that and in the, uh, double card, double card. Um, yeah. but I think that that's important to note is that the color is red. I don't think we said that. Yeah. This red color. Yeah. Yeah. It is red and it's a very striking red. So I really enjoyed the pop of color there as well as. Like, it's really interesting. It looks like more like a Medusa as a blind. I don't know. Well, Medusa is a Gorgon. A Gorgon, I think, is a Medusa, right? It's like a type of uh, mythological figure, but she is one of them, I think. And I think Circe is also the daughter of a Gorgon. Uh, Maybe. This is where it's like, why are we doing mythology on our non-mythology podcast? I know, we're always doing that. Why is Holly constantly Googling things instead of just ever stopping and being fine? Okay, yeah. Traditionally, two of the Gorgons, uh, Thino and Urale, were immortal, but their sister Medusa was not and was slain by the demigod and hero Perseus. Justice for Medusa! I know. I love Medusa. Don't. That's for my next podcast, the Medusa um, Revenge Podcast. Um, I do like the lovers because it is like sharing love with somebody else and not like people 
like in love if that makes any sense yeah. like it's it seems more of like a friendship sort of like closeness with other people and not like a kissy kissy face, face well love, and so the reason know? that it looks like that is because there's a person who's like literally the speech bubble is the shape of a heart going towards mm-hmm. other two other people so you're totally right it feels a little bit more i like, mean it could be a thruple i mean yeah i'm not opposed to that at all but i'm just saying in general like it's interesting to see a card with three people on it and it not be like the terrible their choices like choice. yeah exactly or yeah so or it not being like an angel maybe this is the angel i don't know anyway and my last favorite card is the Hierophant because she has some badass skulls at the bottom. This is like I a, love the badass priestess. Yeah. I like this Hierophant a lot, and the, which is, I mean, of course, everyone knows surprising. But it's like she's like the dark goddess priestess to me and not like the Christian priestess or priest. Yeah, so. that's such a good card. Such a good card. I love it. So I think this might be the first time that we've, or not the first time, but the first time in a while that we've had while. literally no overlap in our favorite cards. <laughs> Uh, because I love, I'm such a maximalist in my personal style and also in my love of patterns. So all of my cards are like way more patterned. (laughs) I will start with my major arcana and then I'll go into the minors. But my favorite major arcana is the sun, which is actually the least patterned of all of them. But it doesn't have a creepy naked baby. It has like two naked people lounging but i think the thing that i like about it the most is the contrast between the sun and then the little tiny grass pattern which is so small it just brings your attention so fully to this giant sun um i'm recognizing right now that that sun could be seen as slightly similar to the sun that represents japanese imperialism japanese imperialism yeah I do, my, my initial reaction wouldn't have been that, but you and I were talking about that image it specifically yesterday. yesterday yeah. So I think that it might just be in my head. Uh, it's not like red or anything. It's still black and right. white, but I do think that that like really simple, like sunbeam look can Beam, be a little yeah. bit strange. It wasn't yes. my first reaction, but now that I'm looking at it again, that is something that I'm seeing, but I do like how the, yeah lightness and the colors at the bottom of the card really bring your attention to the sort of like intensity of the sun um, without it having sort of like the naked baby on a horse success. It's kind of like more casual chill sun, which I'm into. Yes. Then I have three different cups cards. So I'm going to do my favorite wands card and my favorite card to to start. Um, Okay. So the four of wands is Again, filled with really great patterns. The patterns between the wands and the bottom part of the wall, it's like the wands have this sort of like psychedelic uh, circular pattern. And then the incredibly angular triangle pattern of the wall. I just think that it's so neat looking and it's so textural to have all of these different like sort of contrasting styles of lines. Um, And this one is a really good one to kind of, show how the use of patterns can create so much depth in a card that is just black and white because you can see all these different layers due to the patterns. Yeah. Super cool. I also love the 10 of pentacles. I think that a lot of my favorite cards are like, you know, people sitting on the ground lounging with food or drinks mm-hmm. because there are so many, there are deck so and many. I, love it. I think that I'm just like <laughs> at this moment feeling a little bit more like I can't wait for that to be something we do again, yes. like laying on the yes. grass with food and drinks. Um, but the yeah. 10 of cups has like the figure with a big cloak to represent power surrounded by 10 pentacles, but they're looking through this little uh, doorway gateway at some people lounging by a pool and all of the patterns are really, really great, but also it just seems so like fun. Like there's yes. an, an element of levity in a lot of the loungy cards that make mm-hmm. meanings feel more like, I don't know, just relaxed. And like, yeah, I mean, that's how the six of cups was for me. Like it was one of the reasons why I really enjoyed that because it's like, it takes that, like, when I think of the Six of Cups, I think of, like, childhood trauma. That's yeah. immediately, like, what comes to mind. Yeah. This Six of Cups in this deck, it had that levity and that, like, making memories of your life. Yeah, totally. And making memories without, like, bringing it down. It's just so, so. good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, okay, and then I'm on to the Cups. The Cups, the Suit of Cups is just really well done. But I'll start with the Two. Mm-hmm. The Two is one that is specifically for me just about the pattern choices because it's layer after layer of patterns like from the bottom oh yes 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 all the way through every single like i guess 
latitude, yes, mm-hmm. longitude of the card has a different latitude. <laughs> yes, latitude. <laughs> I'm yes, so I bad think it's at latitude. That. Uh, every latitude of the card has, yeah, it has to be latitude. Um, has different patterns, and so I just think, and also there's like this big beautiful moon. Again, it's two people lounging. Um, and like sharing cups. And I just think that it's sort of like this, the level of peacefulness and their sort of understanding and connection with each other feels really strong because they're both like in repose or whatever. Yes. 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 Um, the three of cups is also sort of a relaxed party. Like it's as usual, three figures partying, but for some reason, all of the pattern work and the fact that two of them are sitting on the ground just feels like a picnic. Yeah, it, it really did have that, like, enjoyment of, like, the outdoors yeah, and each other. Exactly. And then last but not least, the Queen of Cups. The Queen of Cups has this bananas fish pattern at the bottom. Yes. Which is just black and white fish and so effective at looking, making mm-hmm. the, it look so much more sea-ish. Even though the fish yeah. aren't, like, in-your-face fish, I think that if you were looking at it really softly, you could probably just see that it's sort of like a repeating pattern. Waves. Yeah. yeah, or waves, exactly, but it's a fish. And then she has, like, this beautiful shell and this awesome patterned tail, and there's the moon and the stars behind her. And it's just, yeah. like, a really kind of cool, um, more up close, because a lot of my favorite cards have the figures from a little bit farther away, and this is a little bit right. more up close. And I just really love it. It just makes me super yeah. happy. I know it was like a very surprising deck to open up and see so much like fun. Yeah. Makes any sense. Yeah. I did not expect the element of fun to be as prevalent as it is. And then do you have any WTF cards or I guess we're changing this to just cards that aren't your favorite, but you still want to talk about? Not really. Three of swords was kind of lopsided with a heart. I don't know if that was on purpose (laughs) or an accident, like an artistic choice, but, uh, but not really. There weren't any like that stuck out as like, what's going on with this? Well, knowing that you're not into patterns, I think I found what would be your least favorite (laughs) card, which is the five of cups, just intense. Oh, I could not not focus on it at all. It's like, it was like, it was like a, have you ever seen those, um, like those eye trick puzzles where you have to like, yes. adjust your eyes to find the pattern? That's exactly that is what, exactly it, what like. it looks like to me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm so bad at those. I love those, but not on a material. Yeah. And then the other one that I wanted to mention that isn't a favorite, but I really do like is the death card because the oh, skeletons yes. are like smiling and dancing. So it just looks I like so like much skeleton. fun. It's just like, it is. and there's a snake for the symbolism of like sort of shedding yeah. what no longer works and being reborn. And the skeletons mm-hmm. are like having such a blast that it just kind of makes me happy to see it. Yeah. It is fun. And we haven't talked about the backs. The backs are like two snakes, and I kind of like the backs a lot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's really like circular snakes, so it's a really interesting way to have the backs on a circular deck. Because Yeah, totally, because they're not fully interlocking, but they are sort Mm -hmm. of like circling each other, and it's just kind of They're dwelling together. Yeah. Just chilling. Exactly. Again, just very chill. Yeah. It's a very chill art style. All right. Well, now we need to pull a card for our relationship with the deck, right? Yes, we do. Awesome. It's hard to shuffle round decks. We'll see how this goes. I have dropped four billion on the floor thus far. I've just been overhand shuffling, but ending up doing like a third of the deck at a time, which isn't that helpful. (laughs) I'm trying to get to seven. This is not going to work. One, two, three, four, five, six. Nope. (laughs) You know, even the backs are so busy that you could, I feel like it'd be really easy to accidentally put something in upside down. Oh, Definitely. And I got the King of Pentacles for this deck. I love it. It kind of looks like a Herman Munster. Oh, and I got the High Priestess. Oh, that does look a little bit like Herman Munster. (laughs) Awesome. And the the High Priestess is kind of an unexpected one for this. Maybe I should pull her out more. Pull her more. She may be a fun deck for you in these dark, dark days. (laughs) God. Ain't that the truth. Next week is going to be a surprise because... We're writing a book. Yeah, and, we're, and our we brains haven't... have stopped working today. <laughs> they stopped. So so we'll tell you when we tell you, and it'll be fine. Everyone's going to be yeah. okay. <laughs> Everyone's be fine. Exactly. We might not be, but 
in general, everything's going to be great. And You'll find out when we find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. And that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information, including a handy dandy submission form at wildlytarot.com. And also t- tell what? Why did I just start? Huh. And also tell your friends about us and review us. It helps us grow. And as always, we really appreciate your reviews. Yes, it, indeed. We super, super do. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And we have a Discord that we have for our people. So if you're not into social media that includes Facebook or Instagram, <laughs> just come join us on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. Perfect. Ah, uh, and remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. How about that? We love you. <laughs> we do so love much. you. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we're okay we did it we did we it. love you <laughs> we do love you